wicked, wicked fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. G'day everyone, Lauren Kress, the business scientist here. Happy Monday and welcome to the first in our new Monday segment, Monday Mindset. So if you missed out on my Friday episode, I did talk about this decision I've made for the podcast based on what I'm seeing you guys are enjoying and liking and listening to a lot. Now, this is not set in stone. I absolutely welcome feedback. So after listening to this episode, if you're like, no, no, I prefer the super tactical strategic stuff, Lauren, send me a message, tweet with me. I'm very open to having a discussion about this. But from what I'm seeing from the statistics, people are really enjoying listening to the shows that are more mindset focused. So things like when I talk about the imposter syndrome, when I talk about self-doubt, when I talk about confidence, when we talk about making decisions, intuition, those podcast shows seem to be resonating the most with the most amount of people who listen to this show. So based on that, I want to make a shift. I want to make a few shifts and again, open for discussion. So the first thing I'm doing is this episode isn't going to go on my YouTube channel. What I'm, what I'm finding is that when I do the YouTube video version of Monday Motivation, it doesn't really take off that much on YouTube anyway. And I think that's because podcasting and YouTube are like, you know, they're different mediums and, and what works on each platform is a bit different. So I am going to be doing on YouTube some of the stuff I said I was going to do on the podcast. So I don't want you to think I'm breaking a promise. The idea and the thing I said last Monday was we were going to go more into our marketing stack kind of stuff, like get really tactical. Here's the tools you need to use. I believe that YouTube is a better platform for me to discuss that. So I can do things like screen share. So I can do things like really highlight what's happening with the tools. So I will be doing that. I will be looking at marketing stack content, but it will be over on YouTube. So that's going into my content plan on YouTube for 2021. On the podcast, because there's an opportunity for us to have a bit of a longer engagement here, you know, you're not looking for the two minute video, right? Well, I'm not trying to tell you what you are and aren't looking for, but <laughs> what I'm finding is people are kind of happy to, to take some time to listen to the podcast show. So what I want to do here is set you up for success at the beginning of the week by encouraging you to get in a positive mindset. I believe that this is the most important thing for us in business because it's kind of like it's the foundation. If we can get our mindset right, then everything else starts to fall into place. I can tell you all the right things you need to do for marketing. But if you're kind of feeling unproductive, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling uncertain, then it doesn't matter how many tactics I give you, you're going to kind of feel like not set up for success, right? And that's what Mondays are really meant to be about. And I'm, I'm calling it Monday Mindset instead because we are making a fundamental shift in what this content's going to be about. So this week, like it says in the title, we're talking about decision-making 
in business. And I'm going to take you through, firstly, I'm going to talk about some of the challenges we face as business owners when we're making decisions, explain some of the different types of decision makers there are to help you identify where you might be getting stuck. I'm going to talk about what you can do to improve your decision making and how to start setting smart goals for yourself in your business and in your life. The other thing that I'm really noticing is that at the end of 2020, a lot of us are starting to bring those two worlds of business and life or career and life together more and more. And I think this affects things like brand growth. So the veil's being lifted a little bit more when it comes to our personal brand. The veil's being lifted a little bit more in terms of the way our different roles are playing out because we're working from home. And that comes with a whole heap of different challenges. So our Monday Mindset episodes are really going to focus more on brand growth from the perspective of what's going on for us internally and how does that affect how we show up in our business and how does that affect how we show up when it comes to building our brand. So it's still brand related, but what I'm finding time and time again is that it's really hard for people to show up as a thought leader or to show up to build their business and build their brand when they haven't got the mindset stuff right. So that's why I want to focus on these kinds of topics on Mondays. Really interested in your feedback, really interested in how this is this first episode's received and always welcome criticism. Just please be kind about it because, you know, I, I, I want to do the right thing by you guys. I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying to hurt anyone or, or uh, cause any problems. So um, please be kind and respectful. All right. So let's, let's do this. So first off, challenges we face as business owners when it comes to making decisions? Well, there's some unique ones in 2020, but let's first talk about the stuff that's like always happening, right? So I think one big thing for us as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as people who are quite visionary, who are ideas people, we can be a little bit idealistic. I certainly have been like this. So it's kind of like, because we've got this really clear vision of where we want to be, it can be really hard for us to compromise on that. So we kind of have this perfectionistic view on what we need to do. As a result of being perfectionistic, we're kind of not satisfied. We never feel satisfied because we're like, unless we can achieve the ideal version of what my business and brand needs to be, I'm not going to do anything. So how this manifests is often in procrastination, right? We end up kind of procrastinating because we're kind of like, oh, we're going to have to be satisfied with 80%, not 100%. So I'm going to busy myself with other things. I'm going to put off making a decision that improves my business or improves my life or improves my brand because it's not 100% ideal. The other big thing that I find particularly when I'm working with clients is that they often have unrealistic expectations about the outcomes they're going to achieve, particularly with brand building. So a few weeks back, I talked about the science behind brand building. I talked about here's how brand building can massively improve your business from a financial perspective. But when I show people that data, 
a lot of the time it's like, okay, but like how much money am I going to make? How much budget should I put towards this? Explain to me, Lauren, why I should be doing this. I'm like, well, I just kind of did. I just kind of did. I showed you that over a six to 12 month period, this is hugely, hugely advantageous. But what I find for a lot of entrepreneurs is like, but I want the result in three months. And it's like, well, you can't have that. It's not going to happen. Do you want me to lie and say that it will happen in three months? Or do you want me to tell you the truth? And then what I see as a result of that is a lot of bad marketers doing bad work because they look at, okay, clients want this. They have this unrealistic expectation. I'm going to pretend I can fulfill that unrealistic expectation. Then I'm not going to achieve the results that you wanted. You're going to be disappointed and then you're going to go elsewhere, right? That happens constantly. I see a lot of business owners who are eight years into business who have just been going like marketer to marketer, brand builder to brand builder, coach to coach, thinking, oh, if I just get the right person to help me, then I'll achieve what I want. But the problem is, is that we've never worked on actually getting those goals right to begin with. We've, we've not worked on creating smart goals, which I'll talk about in a minute, to set ourselves realistic goals and understand how important that is. One of the, one of the other big things that I find when it comes to trying to help clients make decisions about growth, about building their brand, is that they kind of say they want one thing and then say they want something else. And it can be really hard to define a specific goal because they can be quite ambivalent. So they'll say things like, look, I want to, yep, I want to build my brand. I need more fans. I want to achieve more. I realize I need to do this. I've gone round and round in circles. Every year we make the same amount of money. We've been doing this for eight years now. So I need to do something about it, right? They'll say that to me. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Like, here's the plan. And they go, oh, well, actually, but we don't really need that because all of the things that we're doing from a sales perspective will help us achieve those things anyway. And I'm like, well, which one is it? Is it that you want the fans? Is it that you want to build your brand? Or is it that you want to rely on sales like you've been doing the whole time? Are we going to draw a line in the sand or are you not going to draw a line in the sand? Which one? Because at the moment you're telling me both. Another thing that I find is that business owners and entrepreneurs, and by the way, I do a lot of these things as well, (laughs) is that we can get sort of this, there's this myth in our heads that like, oh, you know what? Like if I just work out what the right choice is, oh, let me just sit on this. I'm going to wait until I figure out exactly what the right choice is and then I'll make a decision. And so they'll go and have do all this exploratory stuff. There's no problems with doing that, right? We want to brainstorm. We want to be creative with what solution we need. But it's kind of like they'll just get quote after quote after quote after quote and a year down the line they still haven't made a decision. And that's often because it's like they're not satisfied with any of the ideas because they think that there must be the right one. Sort of like in the same way that like uh, we can have this belief when we're dating that there's like the one the one person who will make us happy. But that's a myth. That's not true. There's no 
absolute right choice. There's no one strategy that's going to work. And if we keep hunting for that and we're doing that for a long period of time, we're missing out on actually getting momentum in our business. So typical way that this manifests itself when it comes to marketing is people say like, I just need a marketing strategy. I need a marketing plan. And I'm like, no, we need momentum. So if you go back to the first Monday motivation episode that I did at the beginning of season four, I talk about consistency. I talk about writing down three goals and basically doing that stuff, committing to the stuff you need to do and just fucking getting it done, right? And what I find is when I'm working with clients through that process, there is so much resistance to this. That's that's why I'm sharing this because I think like, If it's happening with people that I'm working with one-on-one, it's probably happening for a lot of people listening to this. So if you're kind of going, yeah, 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 I I will do the consistency stuff when this happens and you keep putting that off, no, just start doing it. Do it at 40%, then improve it a little bit. Do it at 50%. So there's this quote from G.K. Chesterton, which is anything worth doing is worth doing badly. And I think that's such an important thing to think about when it comes to if you're getting stuck in like, I need the right choice. I need to have perfection. I need to not make this decision yet. I need to have the perfect plan. Just come back to that. Come back to anything worth doing is worth doing badly. This is something that I see people get stuck in time and time again when it comes to brand building. We need to make a start and then we improve. This is why I like the science approach to branding as well, because it's like we're just running an experiment. We're just running running an experiment. We're just piloting something. Let's not get stuck in ideals. Let's not get stuck in perfectionism. Let's not avoid making a decision. Let's just do something and then we'll go from there. Okay, so what do you do about that, right? Like we've kind of talked a little bit about these challenges. I've talked about a few few little tactics that you can use, but let's dive a little bit deeper. So one of the first things I want to kind of explain a little bit more is about the types of decision makers there are and help you kind of understand where you could be benefiting from changing the style of decision making. So the first style of decision making is the rational. So the rational is like, you're logical, you're systematic, you're like, right, okay, what are the facts? What are the figures? Let me make a decision so that we have the best outcome based on what we can predict. That's a very like, uh, that's one of the things I think that people like about the business scientist brand, right? Like I have a lot of people saying to me, I love the fact that you're a business scientist because there's this rational component to that. Let's use the data to make reliable and informed decisions about the future. The second style of decision-making is intuitive. So a lot of us do this as entrepreneurs. A lot of us do this as CEOs, especially if we've been in business for a while. We're making a decision based on sort of gut feel. Now, if you're interested in understanding more about intuition and the importance of intuition, check out the interview that I did with Brian Fretwell a bit earlier back in season four. And we talk about what that really means. And we talk about the fact that even when you're making a rational decision, there's an emotional component to that. There's an intuitive component to that. And it's important to understand how we can use that, how we can use that to make a more informed decision. The third style of decision-making is dependent decision-making. Now, dependent decision-making 
looks like sort of like when you go to a trusted advisor or you go to someone else and you kind of ask them to help you make that decision. So you're dependent on another person to make your decisions in your business. Now, that can be useful if you've got a co-founder, if it affects your family, if it affects other people, but we don't want to rely on that so much that we lose our autonomy, that we lose our ability to make a decision for ourselves on what's in our best interest. So if we're kind of relying too much on like a coach to make our decisions for us, then what I would say is like question that coach because a coach should ideally be empowering you to make your own decisions, not asking you to come to them and make the decisions for you. In a mentoring relationship, you can kind of have that. Yes, you want advisors. Yes, you want people to challenge you. But if you're kind of going to someone else and constantly asking them what you should do in your business, you want to look at that. You want to challenge that. You want to think about that. Okay, the fourth style of decision-making is avoidant. That's when we just put off making a decision. So when I was giving you some of those scenarios before, you could kind of see how that was happening, right? Oh, okay, let me procrastinate because I want this perfect ideal that I can't get. I want someone to give me an exact, like one of the things I find as well is clients a lot of the time want me to give them like a promise, a guarantee. And it's like, well, there's no guarantees in business. Being in business involves risk. You know, you need to take the risk. You can't expect me as a, as a provider, as a partner to guarantee a certain outcome for you. It's kind of like, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice if we could guarantee millions of dollars by just doing this? And you go, oh, okay, well, that's an easy decision to make. And if I don't have that, I'm going to avoid the decision. So we want to be careful about avoiding making decisions when we actually really need to get that momentum. And then the fifth style is spontaneous. So spontaneous decision makes like on the fly, off the cuff, okay, I'm just going to do this. I really can identify with that one. For me, I can get so excited about what a client is doing or what a prospect is doing and be like, yeah, I want to get involved in that and make this spontaneous decision and then later go, hang on, I didn't really think that one through. I didn't really, it was kind of quite reactionary or it was quite in the moment and now I'm kind of regretting that a little bit. So just to recap, the five styles of decision-making are rational, intuitive, dependent, avoidant, and spontaneous. So have a think about like, where do you kind of largely, what's the style of decision that you're making? What do you largely rely on? So our, our goal is to kind of make decisions that are rational and intuitive based, right? Using our logic and using our emotion so that we can weigh up the pros and cons of a particular decision. And we want to move away from depending on other people to make a decision where we don't feel like we have autonomy anymore, but instead always constantly seeking people outside of us to tell us what to do. And if we're avoiding making a decision or we're making off the cuff decisions, we want to look at that as well, because that's not going to really help us in our business to grow our business and grow our brand. So there's a few decision-making models you can use and implement to help you make a decision and solve a problem that's going to best suit you. The first decision-making model is the seven-step decision-making model. So in the seven-step decision-making model, we want to clarify and define the problem. So we're going to look at, okay, what's actually going on? This is the first thing that I do with clients when we have an initial discovery session. It's like, what's actually the problem in your business? Is there a problem in your business? Because sometimes it's like you talk about it and you're like, actually, no, this is fine. This is okay. And that's all right, right? So it's like, what's 
what's the problem? Is there a problem here? Let's get clear on what's going on, what's happening in your situation. The second thing we want to do, so step two is about establishing those realistic goals. You've heard me mention this a few times. So we want to look at defining specific goals so that we can start to measure them. We can start to ensure that they're achievable, that they're relevant and that they're timely. The third thing we want to do is we want to brainstorm potential solutions. So without kind of diving into one particular solution yet, we want to look at like what are all the possible things we could do? Let's just let's just drop them all down. Let's get them all out. Grab a piece of paper, write down, here's all the things I can do about this problem. Step four is then we want to start looking at, all right, what's, what's the positives and negatives of the solutions? What are the potential outcomes of each of these solutions? Let's compare them. Let's contrast them. Let's do a bit of cost-benefit analysis. Step five is about deciding on our course of action. Okay, what are we going to do about this problem? So we rank the options and we look at, okay, this is the option that's best for me. This is the option I'm going to take. Not just the first solution that comes into my head, but I've thought about this, I've brainstormed this, this is what I want to do next. The sixth step is to do the implementation. Okay, we decided on our strategy, we decided on our course of action, now let's actually get it done. And again, this is where a lot of people get stuck. I've seen so many businesses do all the strategic work, figure out the course of action and then just not implement it and just sit on it and be like, oh, it's too hard. We're not going to do it. So that moves us back into avoidant. We don't want to be avoidant. We want to get it done. Get it done at 80%. doesn't have to be 100%. Get it done at 80%. And then the final step is to evaluate the outcomes, which is something I'm always talking about. This is so, so important from a scientific perspective, what actually happened? How did that go? Did it work or didn't it work? If it didn't work, we need to make another decision. We need to do something else. So there's some other types of decision-making models as well. And I'll walk you through those now. So the first one is the Z model. Now the Z model is based off, if you feel familiar with Myers-Briggs, I've done a video about this over on my YouTube channel uh, about the 16 personalities, which is kind of based off the original Myers-Briggs model. Essentially, this idea is that we have four different ways of making a decision and we tend to rely on two of them rather than all four. So the four different approaches are sensing, where we look at the facts, we look at the details. Intuition, where we look at what are the possibilities? What are all the things that can happen? We're quite imaginative and we get curious about the problem. Thinking, where we look at possibilities, but from the perspective of weighing up options, analyzing and reasoning, and feeling. Feeling is largely where we're thinking about what's the impact that this decision has on others. And what tends to happen based on your personality type, you'll rely on two of these. So, for instance, for me, I rely largely, based on my personality type, I'm ENFP, I rely largely on intuition and feeling. So I'm looking at, I'm a curious person, I'm a creative person, I'm like, what are all the possibilities that are out there? And I look at how is this going to affect other people? Interestingly though, because I've done science, I kind of sit relatively in the middle, especially with feeling and thinking. I'm like 52% feeling, 48% thinking. So I'm often also thinking about, okay, let's, let's analyze this. Let's weigh up the options. 
And then sensing, gathering information and looking at the facts and details, I use the scientific method to bring me back to that, to ground me so that when I'm making a decision, I have a more holistic view using all four of those approaches to decision-making. All right, there's two more decision-making models and then we're going to talk through how you can set up your SMART goals. So another framework we can use for decision-making is decisional balance. So decisional balance we actually often use when we're marketing to someone and you might recognize this. It's where we're kind of identifying that there's a gap between how things are now and where we want to be and looking at where do we actually want to make the change so that we can achieve more of what we want, how we can get out of our situation, our current situation, and move towards a future state that's more desirable. To make decisions through this, we want to have a look at, okay, what our values are, what our behavior is, and where there's alignment. We also want to understand that there's things that we're resisting. We're looking at, okay, yes, I want things to be like this in the future, but I'm actually benefiting from certain things the way they are now. What's going to serve me better? Yes, there's going to be some resistance to change. Okay, what's going on there? And then we also want to look at, okay, what do we really want to do? How are we going to get closer to the life we want to live? How does that fit in with our values? How does that fit in with what we want our life to look like? And then the final decision-making model I want to talk you through is the four option model. So the four option model, if we're kind of in a position in our business where we're trying to work out whether we should stay in a particular situation or leave a particular situation, kind of creating these hypothetical scenarios in our head can help us make a more informed decision. So the first option of the four options is that we leave the situation. So for instance, let's say that you're like, should I continue running my business in 2021? Should I, should I do that? Should I stay or should I go? Okay. So the first option is like, I can leave. I can leave my business. What's that going to look like for me? Let's play that out. Okay. That means I'm going to go have to find a job. It's a hard time to find a job at the moment. It would mean that actually, no, there's this opportunity. Like it's going to depend on your situation, right? What's going to happen? Play it out in your head, write it down. What's it going to look like if I leave this situation? Option two is, okay, I'm going to stay in the business and I'm going to change what I can change. What do I have power over changing? What don't I have power over changing, right? These are the things that are in my control. These are the things that aren't in my control. What am I, what am I going to do? What do I want to see happen? What am I unhappy with? Option three is you stay and you accept what can't be changed. Oh, okay. Like I've tried this. I've tried that. I can't change this thing in my business but I can change other things. So it's kind of, again, going like, can I live and accept what's happened? Can I, can I work through that? Can I accept what I can't change in my business, what I can't do? Are there things that I believe that I can't change that I can change? So it kind of ties in with option two. It's looking at what can I control and what can't I control? And then the fourth option is, okay, I'm going to stay and I'm going to just keep doing what I was doing before. So remember earlier on, I was saying like, am I going to draw a line in the sand? Am I actually going to move forward? I'm going to keep doing what I was doing. So again, if you're going, this isn't working for my business, I need something to change, but then you're not doing anything to change it. Well, that's, that's insane, right? You know, that quote, like the definition of insanity is where you do the same thing and expect a different outcome, right? That's, that's, one other option you have. Okay, I'm coping with it this way. I'm unhappy. I'm just going to keep doing those things. 
Okay, so now I want to come back to what's going on in your business. What decisions are you trying to make at the moment? What decisions are going to be important for you to make? What I generally ask clients to do is boil it down to three goals because if we write 10 20 goals that we want to achieve, we can feel really, really overwhelmed. And if also if we look too far into the future, particularly in a time where there's economic uncertainty, where things are changing constantly, it's too far away for us to make any reliable prediction about what's going to happen. So let's bring it back again, just like I, I mentioned on the first Monday Motivation episode of this series is, okay, what do you want to see happen in the next three months? Write down three goals, just three three goals that you want to bring into actuality over the next three months. Okay. So then we want to get, we just want to fine tune those three goals a little bit more. So first thing we want to make sure they're super specific. So let's say for instance, you've written down something like generate more income, generate, generate more income for the business. Let's get really specific. How much income? And then let's sanity check it, right? So how much income over the next three months, how are we going to measure that? Is it achievable? Super, super important, right? Can I actually do that? Is it relevant to what I'm trying to do in my business? And what's the timeline? What's my, what do I need to achieve in the next 30 days if I want to get here by 90 days, right? Actually break it down. This is when I've completed this specific goal. What's that going to look like? So that's what a SMART goal looks like. It's specific. What do you want to do? It's measurable. How will you know when you've done it? It's achievable. Is it in your power to accomplish? It's relevant. Is it relevant to your goals? And it's time bound. When will you have it completed? All right, guys. So that's pretty much it for our first Monday Mindset podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to know what you think. If it was helpful, if you want more podcasts like this, this is my first test. This is me getting some momentum. This is me not being a perfectionist. I'm a recovering perfectionist. That's often what I say. Um, I'll be back on Wednesday for an interview with Hallie Avolio, amazing woman. And we're going to be talking about self-care. How do you take care of yourself as a business owner, as an entrepreneur? For me, I've been really close to burnout a few times in business. And I think a lot of us can end up doing that because we're so focused on our goal and we can kind of just churn and burn really, really quickly. I think often because we're so passionate about what we're doing, we're so motivated with what we're doing, we can end up focusing so much on that at the expense of ourselves. So Hallie's going to give us some really great tips for dealing with that understanding why we can't do that and some practical habits and rituals you can start to put into your life to take better care of yourself. If you enjoyed this show, if you enjoy listening to this show, please consider sharing it with your friends and family, your peers, anyone who you think this would be helpful to. Please leave a positive rating and review. It really, really helps to grow the show massively. You wouldn't, you'd be really surprised with how much of a difference that makes. If you're a regular listener and this is helping you save money and make money, in your business, please consider paying me for the work I'm doing over on Kofi. It's only $4. I ask people if you can to do it as a once a month thing. So I have some predictable revenue around the podcast show. If you'd like to help out with that, head over to Kofi. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. But if you can't afford it, that's totally fine. I understand. 
It's hard being in business. We're all facing challenging times. So absolutely no worries at all. But if you can afford it for the price of a cup of coffee once a month, you get 12 episodes, which I think is a pretty good deal. Thanks so much again for listening. Until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place.